I'm glad I don't have the slide that has our vision on it. I had it up earlier. Raise your hand if you, if you think you can quote our vision at Alamosta. I'll give you a, a little start. To make disciples. Thank you. To make disciples who glorify God by pursuing his unique calling on their lives. Um, and that's not just like, you know, something we came up with to make you feel good, like, you know, you're some special thing or, uh, you know, not just something we came up with just so we have something to say on Saturday nights. Like, we actually believe that that is true because, honestly, because it's, it's biblical, right? God has created us, each one of us, you and me, uniquely. There's never been anyone like you on this earth. God especially created you just the way you are to fulfill a special purpose that he's called you to. And, and that, you know, we say a unique calling. Really what your life, your life, quite honestly, is that calling that may have multiple callings along the way, right? But it's collectively, it's a calling that God has placed on your life. And so as we meet here tonight, we're going to wrap up our Reaching the Nation series. We have a, a group of college students that God called to East Asia who are there right now. Uh, we pray, you know, spreading the gospel to, to people who may not otherwise get to hear it. That's a calling God has placed on them. You uniquely created them, put them in a stage of life where they could go make that trip this summer. Right, so... Um, God has a, a plan for each one of us here, and, and I'm really excited tonight. We're going to, if you have your Bibles, flip over to Jeremiah chapter 1, because um, we're going to see how God calls, calls Jeremiah to something special. And the truths that we're going to see in how he calls Jeremiah are truths that apply to us today. And, and here's what it comes down to, church. If you don't pursue that calling that God has placed on your life, then quite honestly, your life is probably just living from one paycheck to the next to, so you can make money and pay bills. That's, I, I can't imagine if you're not pursuing God's calling on your life that you have anything more than that going on, right? So, so my prayer is that you and I would, would pursue that calling that God has placed on us because that's where we find real life and purpose uh, in this life. So as you're turning to Jeremiah 1, uh, let me pray for us. God, you are good. You are the creator of the universe and you have designed each one of us uniquely and given us a purpose and and those two things go hand in hand you've designed us so that we could rise up and meet the purpose that you have called us to and so we thank you lord that even though you do not need us you love us enough to give us purpose while we walk the days we have on this earth God, I pray that our time tonight in the Word would not just be a mental exercise, Lord, but that we would experience you, the living God who loves us and knows us deeply here tonight. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So as we kind of talk through this calling that God places on Jeremiah, what I want you to do is, uh, is like just start thinking through how God has called you to some purpose could have been long ago, you've already fulfilled it. Could be something he's placed on your heart right now that, that maybe you haven't stepped into quite yet, okay? Because you'll have the opportunity to share that before the night's out. And I just want you all to know, I'm not going to be texting through the message, but the clock was removed back there, so I just want to make sure that we're doing okay time-wise. All right, so <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1, here we go. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, 
of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, this is Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. We're going to go ahead and pause right there. So we see here in verse 5 the, the foundation of God's calling on Jeremiah to fulfill a special purpose. And again, these things, these truths that we're going to point out are not just truths that apply to Jeremiah here, but also apply to you and, and to me. So the first thing I want to point out is that um, God formed Jeremiah. He says, before I formed you, that word formed can be translated designed. God had a blueprint, a special design for Jeremiah that, was, that is unlike anyone else's. So he specially designed him just as he has specially designed you. So regardless of what you think of yourself, God made no mistakes when he created you. He crafted you just as he intended. With the family lineage that he wanted just for you. No matter how crazy or wonderful that might be for you to think about. We read about Jeremiah's lineage. And not only that, but the, the time that God created you to live in was specifically appointed for you. Just as we read in verses 2 and 3 about the, the time that Jeremiah lived. And so, the first thing I want you to know is that God formed you, especially just the way you are. Everything about you, just the way you are. And the second thing I want you to notice is that God knew Jeremiah before he was even in the womb. Did you catch that? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I don't know that that's a thought we can like fully comprehend with our finite minds. Before we were even in the womb, God somehow knew us, right? He had this blueprint, this plan for us. He knew exactly who we would be. And so he knew us before our parents ever met. Before the foundations of the world, he knew us. God, the creator of the universe, who created the planets and stars so uniquely and just amazingly created you uniquely he designed you he knows you and he loves you isn't that amazing like we are known and loved by the very one who created us third i want you to notice that not only did god know jeremiah before he formed him in the womb but he also had a special purpose for his life he says at the end of verse 7 i have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Actually, right before that, he says, I consecrated you. What does consecrated mean? Rudy. Set you aside. Set you apart for a special purpose, a special assignment. He uniquely created Jeremiah, knew him before he was even in the womb, and he set him apart for a special purpose. So my question to you is this. Have you been consecrated by God? 
Like, do you fully believe God has set you apart for a special purpose? I hope that you do because that is why he crafted you with that special blueprint. He has a plan for you to fulfill. He had it before he ever created you. Someone flip over to Ephesians 2 for me real quick. This is how you can know that God created you for a special purpose in life. Ephesians 2. Someone read 8 through 10 when you get there out loud for us. Thank you, Jason. We were created for good works which God prepared beforehand. So back in Jeremiah 1.5, we see these things, right? God formed Jeremiah, knew him before he formed him, set him aside, consecrated, just the fancy word, consecrated him. And then we see for a purpose, I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. So the point I want you to know is that Jeremiah's calling on life is by the authority of God. Whatever God has called you to do, he has done it by his authority. You do not need your parents' permission. You do not need your pastor's authority. It comes from God himself, the one who uniquely created you and designed you. That is God's purpose for Jeremiah, to be a prophet to the nations. So what purpose, what special plan has God called you to? Whatever it is, please know that you have the, the right, the privilege, I'd even say the responsibility to pursue that because God gave you the authority to do it because he, it is under his authority that it was given to you. In fact, I don't know if you noticed, but underline these words and phrases in, that, in verse 5. I formed, I knew, I consecrated, I have appointed you. It is obvious in verse 5 that God is the one who does the work. He's the one who forms us, who sets us apart who gives us a special purpose, a, a calling on our lives. It is by his authority. Another thing I want you to see here is that God does not always give us the details when he calls us to some special purpose. He just call, sometimes he just calls us. And so we have to, by faith, take that first step. We have to step into that calling. And then he will reveal what he wants to reveal at the time that he wants to reveal it. So just, if I could give you any encouragement, it would be this, be patient and obedient when God calls you. So the foundation of the calling on Jeremiah's life is the same as it is in yours, and here it is. God knew us before he created us. He carefully designed us in the womb. He has set us apart for a special purpose, and it is by his authority that we are called. So verse 5 gives us that foundation, right? God is saying, I have done these things, Jeremiah. What's going to be interesting in verse 6 is we're going to see Jeremiah's objection to God's calling on his life. Verse 6, then I said, alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. So if you had to label the, the emotion, what is Jeremiah feeling at that time? Inadequate. Thank you, Ted. He feels inadequate. Good. Anything else? Fear. Fear. Yes, he feels afraid. He feels unqualified, inadequate. God says, Jeremiah, I have this special plan. You're going to take the word to the nations. And Jeremiah says, 
I can't do that. I'm not a good speaker and I'm too young. He sounds a little bit like Moses, right? I, I can't, I'm not a good talker. Don't call on me to do those things. And I don't know about you, but I think sometimes when we read in the scriptures, like God tells someone to do something, they go, I, I can't do that. Not me. You got the wrong person. Like we might be tempted to kind of shake our head and go, come on, Jeremiah, you know, like get with the program. This is God calling you. This should be exciting. But I think if we like stop to think about it, we'd probably realize, you know what? That's a really good response. Right? Because God said, I formed, I knew, I consecrated, I've appointed. And Jeremiah kind of looks in the mirror at the person that God's called, and he goes, but I, I, I don't speak well, and I, I'm young. That's right. Jeremiah, you are not adequate. You are not qualified. I can tell you, when the Lord first spoke to my heart and said, Wes, you will pastor a church one day, my first reaction to him, and I'm not kidding, was this, who are you talking to? You can't be talking to me. Like, do you know who I am? Do you know the things I've done? Do you know the family that I come from? I had serious objections when God first called me, just like Jeremiah. And that's a great place to be because that's when we realize that it's actually not us that's going to do that. It is God working through us. So I don't know where you are. If you're sitting here tonight and you have some fear, some anxiety because God has called you to do something, something you cannot do on your own, like you look in the mirror and you see that person looking back and you go, you are just not capable of doing that. That is exactly, church, where you need to be. Because that is when God will use you. I find it really interesting that, God, that Jeremiah's response is, uh, I don't know how to speak because I'm a youth, I'm young. He uses his age as, not really as an, as an excuse, but that's kind of the root of his fear is that he's, he's too young. You know, there is something about sort of youth and fear that I think go hand in hand sometimes. I think that's appropriate for Alamo Stone to kind of consider because I don't know if y'all remember, but maybe, what, two months ago, I, we were talking about millennials, and I said, if you're between the ages of 18 and 34, raise your hand and, like, Almost every hand in the church went up that day. And uh, so we're a, we're a young church. And so whatever God has called you to, you may not feel qualified. Maybe you don't think you have the experience that you need. That is a natural feeling to have. And so Jeremiah just in honesty expresses that to God. And if that's where you are, I'd encourage you to do the same thing. Just express that back to God. It's not like he doesn't know. He knew you before he formed you in the womb. Of course he knows how you feel. But God gives him this encouragement in verse 7. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. You see, what God does in verses 7 through 10 is he reinforces the fact that he is the one who is at work, not Jeremiah. 
Again, I encourage you to write in your Bibles, underline these words and phrases. Verse 7, I send you. Also in verse 7, I command you. In verse 8, I am with you. In verse 9, I have put my words. And in verse 10, I have appointed you. So I told you I want to give you a chance if you would like to share just some some things that God has put on your heart, something he has called you to do, whether it's something in, in your past that you've already fulfilled or maybe it's where you are today. But before we do that, I want to be clear about a couple of things. The first one is, is this, that walking that, but stepping into God's calling on your life will not be easy. It will not be be easy not at all just ask anyone who has spent a single day in ministry whether that's vocational or as a layperson i want you to notice what god said in verse eight i will deliver you deliver jeremiah from what from serious trouble I won't tell you the whole story. I'd encourage you to read the book of Jeremiah. But God's calling on Jeremiah's life is to deliver a message of repentance and judgment to the people of Judah. He tells them, you need to repent or God is going to destroy you. And, and that message back in those days was about as popular as that message would be today in our society. Jeremiah was rejected by his own people. He was beaten, thrown in prison. That's a, that's a tough life to live. I struggle to find anyone in the scriptures or people that I know personally that have pursued God's calling on their life in, in worthwhile service to the Lord and have not endured pain, heartache, suffering of some type along the way. That, that, is, that is the life of being in ministry. So God has, God has not promised that it would be easy. He also has not promised that you will find success in ministry. Certainly not in the way sort of the church in America defines success. Right? You may never see the fruit of what God has called you to do. And if you want to walk in that path that God's called you to, you have to be okay with that. I, I think of our team right now in East Asia. Hopefully God is giving them opportunity for the Spirit to speak through them, share the love of Jesus Christ, and they might be rejected while they're there. And they, they might come back and feel discouraged. But who knows what's going to happen after they've come back? It might be generations later that that the planting of that seed finally comes to fruition and, and people come to faith through that. They have to be okay with that. They have to be okay with that. So God has not promised that the road will be easy and he has not promised that you'll, you will get to see the fruit of walking in his calling. But here's what he has promised. He has promised to be with you. It's right there in verse 8. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. Your God will be with you each and every step of the way of that journey if you will 
walk in that calling. If you will simply overcome your fear, he says, do not be afraid. He will work through you. And that church is, is a life. It is, quite honestly, the only life that is worth living here on earth. So what I want to do now is I want to give you guys some time to share. And I think what we'll do is we'll turn this mic on. So if anyone would like to come up, up front and share. And I've got a slide with some questions. So instead of doing this in group, we'll just do this as a large group. Is that cool? So this could, again, this could be past or this could be present. Maybe it's something you've already done. Or maybe it's something, it's just a place that God has you right now. So, what is the calling that God has placed on your life? In what ways do you or did you feel inadequate and afraid? How did you overcome those feelings? How did God provide? And, and you don't have to answer all these if you want to share, but just, you know, tell us your story. What's your, what's your testimony? And then, if there are ways we can pray for you, we want to do that. So, I know I just kind of sprung this on you tonight. I didn't send out an email in advance saying you have this opportunity. But who'd like to take advantage of the opportunity? Thank you, Hassam. And, and I just want to clarify, like, you don't, you don't have to have been thrown in prison. It doesn't have to be a call to the other side of the world. It could be something like having a little uh, walking group in your neighborhood, Wanda Holly. Or, um, you know, maybe it's... it's walk in your neighborhood to meet people or you know we've done movies on our garage door to get to try to know our neighbors so i'm not asking you to come up here and you know share some you know big calling it, it could just be something in everyday life that god is called, you know leading the bible study at work whatever it might be so thank you hassam for uh being the the first brave soul to come forward rudy come on up man thank you rudy you know like as as rudy was talking like i just had these you know, kind of mental pictures, right, of, of little Hussam in the Middle East as a little baby, you know, little Rudy here in San Antonio. And like knowing that God had a plan for them from before the womb, that those two guys who have nothing in common, don't live anywhere near each other, would one day become ministry partners to tell Muslims about Jesus Christ. Like how amazing is our God? Like, only he could come up with something that spectacular. So I think that would be a good time. Anyone want to babysit for us? <laughs> I do feel like this past week we've kind of turned a corner uh, with the kids. So thank you guys very much for your encouragement and support. Um, all right. I think we, like, I know we're running close to the top of the hour. But um, how about, I, I just want to give it up to you. One, any, any last person like to come on up and share? Rob, come on up, man. Thank you. And any other stories we'll share at Chick-fil-A after service. Uh, Father God, thank you for uh, just the beautiful stories that you've given us to share. Uh, just stories of your faithfulness to us, Lord. We, we just are so humbled and overwhelmed by your grace in our lives, Lord, that you would include us in your work and uh, that you, you fulfill your promise, Lord, that you will be with us uh, on the journey each step of the way so we thank you for the stories that we have and we just pray um, that we would have the courage uh, to continue to walk in the path that you've called us to we love you and we praise you in jesus name amen